Okay, we're learning Da'af Yud Dalid. So we've been discussing this uh, stream of fire where there's a lot of angels uh, that are serving Hashem close to the, the stream of fire. We mentioned that was one of the answers. There was one Pasuk which says that there seems to be a limited, a finite number of, name, of angels, but yet another Pasuk seems to imply that there's no number of the angels. So one of the approaches that we said is that the limitation in the finite number of angels is only when we're talking about the ones that are close to the stream of fire. So we mentioned yesterday the stream of fire, the sweat coming off the angels, burning in Risham, so on and so forth. So now the Gemara says a little bit more. Amr le Shmuel. About six, seven lines down. Amr le Shmuel l'chiyah barav. Shmuel said l'chiyah barav bar Oria. Son of Oria. Oria here is where reference is used uh, son of Torah, meaning l'chiyah barav, you're a son of Torah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something great that your father used to say. Something great from, uh, from your father, Rav. Each and every day, different angels are created from the stream of fire. They come, they say song, and then that's it. That's the, they're gone. Their whole purpose, they say a little bit of song, and then they disappear. So we know this pasuk. It's a very important pasuk because it's Moda'ani, right? It's where it comes from, that they're new every morning. So here the Gemara is understanding that the new novelty every morning is a reference to these angels, that there are new angels that are created each and every day. Their sole purpose is to say Shira. They come from this uh, stream of fire and then they cease to exist. Says the Gemara, at this point, how the angels are created from the stream of fire disputes something that every word that comes from the mouth of HaKadosh Baruch Hu also creates an angel. It was through the word of Hashem that the heavens were made. And the breath of Hashem's mouth quotes all the hosts. So that's a reference to the angels. So it seems everybody agrees to the concept that there are constantly new angels being, being created. Everybody agrees to the concept. The question is what the source of the creation of the angels. Is it the, the stream of fire or the second view? It's the breath of HaKadosh Baruch. Continues the Gemara, a little bit of a contradiction here. And again, these are difficult, difficult concepts, obviously really beyond us. But here we are describing um, as if HaKadosh Baruch who has some sort of physical appearance. And we're noting a stira in the way that the Nevi'im describe it. One pasuk says that his garments are white as snow. So there's a white color towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The hair of his head, like the clean wool. But yet the pasuk says in Shirashim, that the the hair of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the locks of his hair, are they're they're like a wave, the tal talim, and they're shachoros They're black with the same color as the ravens. We have a contradiction in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's hair color. Is it described as being dark black, like youth? Or is it the old age where everything is white? So the Gemara says, Lo kasha, kan yeshiva, when the hair is described as white, it's talking about yeshiva. Yeshiva means like learning. And this is a thing where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being, ju- is being uh, perceived as if he is learning Torah. The first explained that's when he's in judgment. When he's in judgment, so that's, that's Torah, right? That's the law. So the law, um, that's when he is white. Whereas Kanba Muhammad, when he's, in, when he's engaged in war and destroying an enemy. So why does that make sense? That when he's in war, it's 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 dark, and when he's judgment in Torah, it's white. Because he said, Who is the best person to sit on the basin, right? Who is the best person to be the teacher of Torah? Is the person who's older, the person who's more of an accomplished scholar. But who are the most uh, best suited to go fight the war? Those are the youth, right? The sign of strength. So therefore, that's the same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the battle, he's described as as being um, dark hair, the raven black hair, whereas when he's describing in learning, in judgment, then he's described as having white hair. 
Says the Gemara, there's another contradiction. And we're looking at here the Pasuk in Daniel. So the Pasuk says, Karso Shivivin Dinor, the throne was like fiery flames. Because of Akharomer, but the beginning of the Pasuk says, Adi Karsavin were min ba Atakyom and Yusuf. It says many thrones were set up, and, and the Atakyomin, the one of ancient days, represents Akhalish Baruch, who was sitting. So in the beginning of the Pasuk, it seems like there's a singular throne. There's only one throne. But at the end of the very Pasuk, it sounds like there's more than one throne. So the question is, is there multiple thrones or only one? So the Gemara says, Lokash, it's not difficult. There actually are multiple ones. Echad Lov, Echad the David. There's one for Hashem, and there's one for David. There's an extra throne for David Amalek the Tanya. says in Bright, Echad Lov, Echad the David. There's one throne for Hashem and one for David. These are the words of Rabbi Akiva. Um, and the idea is that David Amalek is the king who is meant to execute Hashem's wishes here on, 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 on the, in this world. So that's the idea that there's an extra throne for David Amalek. How can you make how can you make the Shekhinah into something ordinary? Meaning the very fact that you you have a throne of a, for a person right next to Akalish Baruch Hu, that, that seems almost like it's uh, it's disrespectful to suggest such a thing. So Ella, rather, this is the suggestion of Rabbi for why there are two thrones. There are two different thrones. One is for justice and one is for tzedakah, for charity. So the idea is that justice is given to the enemies of the Jewish people and they're punished. Whereas the, the chesed, the compassion, the charity is given to the, to the Jewish people. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits on two different chairs, so to speak. Like, he wear, you know, it's more than just wearing different hats. It's like he's sitting in a different way. The judgment itself is depicted as, as taking place on two different thrones when he acts in a different, uh, different midas. So the Gemara says, after this dispute, okay, so we just had a dispute with Yosek Lili and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva was saying the extra throne was for David. Rabbi Yosek Lili is saying that the extra throne is for the different ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to the world. So the Gemara says, Kibla Mineh, Lo Kibla Mineh. Did Rabbi Akiva accept Rabbi Yosek Lili said, or did he not accept it? Meaning sometimes you have a dispute and somebody argues and the other opinion, no, I disagree. Lots of other times, he convinces him what's correct. So the Gemara wonders what, in fact, is the case here. So the Gemara says, Tashimah, look at the bride, Echad, the Dinah, Echad, the Sokha, the Rabbi Akiva. Here, Rabbi Akiva is the one quoted as saying, Echad, the Echad, the Sokha, that is two different attributes of Echad, the which is what Rabbi Yosef said. So evidently what happened was, Rabbi Akiva reversed his opinion after hearing that from Rabbi Yosef, um, Rabbi Yosef, says the Gemara, Amal, Rabbi Lazar, Nazari, Akiva, Malacha, Yitzhah, Agada, Akiva, what connection do you have with Agada? In other words, what are you opening your mouth for in these agadic, this homiletical discussions about, you know, all this and the way Hashem has described? Right? You keep all your comments to yourself until we're learning the Gav and Olos. Meaning that, you know, this is not your Indian. Akiva, your strong point is not the study of Akada, Nagam and Olos, all the lumnus complexity, complex laws. That's for you. That's where you open your mouth. The reason there are two thrones is one for Hashem's chair, and one is a more of like a footstool where he places his legs. The chairs are to sit, it's for his feet to be a punch. We see Hashem as a footstool. He said the whole world is being described as a footstool. So basically, the footstool is only for his feet. So that's the point here, that there's a greater glory that's felt in Hashem in, Hashem in the heavens, but there's also on earth where it's only, you know, Hashem is only putting his feet, so to speak, so there's left, less of a way that we relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The question is, you know, I, I don't know exactly the significance of why, of why Akiva, Rabbi Akiva specifically, is, is called out as not being an expert in the words of Agada, but I could tell you that it appears two or three other places in Gemara and in Medrash. One of the most, uh, one of the most famous ones is with the, with the frog, with the... Is there one frog or many frogs and the different interpretations and one of them being, you know, all these different ideas about how there was one and then there was many. We know that the famous answer about it, they hit it and then it turned into more, but there are many different opinions in the Medrash about it. And the same exact names appear there with Rabbi Lazarus and Rabbi Akiva. You know, Rabbi Akiva, what are you doing opening your mouth here in Agada? 
which is a fascinating, fascinating thing. That for some reason, Rabbi Akiva, that was not considered his forte. His forte was more the, 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 the study of halacha. Why was it that it was that way? Okay. Now we continue. This is really just, we're picking up off the tangent. The Gemara back on Dr. Gimel, we had a Pasuk from Yeshaya that we mentioned yesterday. So now the Gemara is going to go back to that, uh, go back to that parak, but it's really indirectly, indirect to what we were just learning. Yes, Rav Dimi, Rav Dimi came from Merit Yisrael. Amar, he said, when it's very close, clearly Yishai Yisrael. Yishai said 18 different clothes. He said 18 bad different things were going to happen here. It was different curses, literally, um, that he said to them. But he wasn't, he didn't, he wouldn't have a satisfaction of the mind. I mean, he wasn't cooled down until he said the following Pasuk. And we're going to see what the Pasuk means. But the Pasuk literally says, that the people, for the person Pasuk says that they're going to be so um, distressed, but it says that they, the young people will rule over the older people. And the Nikla, the person who is normally disgraced, is going to rule over the respective person. So that's like the ultimate curse where the youth are r- r- controlling the old and uh, the opposite, that uh, the nikle are ruling over the nikbat. So the Gemara explains what's going on. What are these 18 different clothes? What's going on here? The Gemara goes through all the Pesukim. It says, Shem Tzvakos is removing from Yishalayim. Hashem is removing from Yishalayim Yehuda. What is he removing? Mashenu Mashenu. All supports of all types of support. Kol Mishan Lechem. Support of bread. Kol Mishan Maim. Support of water. Kibor Hashem is removing heroes. Ishmael Chamal is removing men who know how to fight. Shofet is removing the judges. The Navi, the prophets. Vakosim. People who know like divinity. Zakin and elder, elderly people. Sar Chamishim is removing any people who captains of 50 people. And Nusoy Panim people who in general are respected. Fiyoit is removing advisors. Vachacham. And like people, scholars who are scholars or other people. And people who understand whispers. And what's going to happen? I'm going to make young, the, the, the young people are just going to be in charge. And the people are going to rule over them by the regular cynical people. And this is basically, you know, nothing is good. And Hashem is saying all this is because uh, we have sinned. So now we're going to go through what exactly are these 18 curses. In other words, what is Hashem saying that's going to be removed from Yerushalayim? So Mashin Elubalamikra, the support, that Hashem is removing the people of support, the people who at least know the Psokim. Mashina, the people, another Lashon of support, Elumbali Mishnah, people who know Mishnah. Could go and repeat the Mantema of Khaib, repeat the Mantema. And his colleagues were people who knew Mishnah very well, and they uh, they're going to be removed. We learn a little bit here about how what Mishnah is really supposed to be. We know today we just have a view that unless he gave us six orders in the Mishnah, we have Shisha Sidra Mishnah. But the truth is that in the background to the Mishnah, the Mishnah used to be much bigger. Khada Amar Shish Shisha Mishnah. There used to be 600 orders in the Mishnah, 100 times the amount that we have today. In fact, the number was actually 700. So they were able to master all of this. But what happened was, you know, it was lost. And uh, now we only have, now we only have um, the sixth order. So the question is, obviously, it doesn't mean that the, there were more halacha than we have today. It doesn't, it doesn't mean something like that, right? We understand that everything, you know, we have. But, but the, the point is that, that if you look at our Mishnah, you see that there are many things that are only hinted to or alluded to. And that's really most of the reason why we have Gemara, because there are so many things that are so, so concise and so vague that are left in the Mishnah. So it used to be that the Mishnayas were, 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 had all these extra orders, meaning that, that everything was more expansive and clear and detailed and outlined for you in a way that it was really packaged well. And, and the whole study of Gemara, which is kind of like to break our teeth over what exactly the Mishnayas are saying, that's all only really after the punishment of Yerushalayim here. However, 
The problem with that theory is the next line in the Gemara. The next line of the Gemara is Hashem says, Kol Lach, I'm going to take away every supporter of bread. Elu Bali Talmud. <laughs> that Hashem is going to take away the master of the people of Talmud. So it sounds like maybe there was some concept of Talmud before. But the question is, maybe it's not happening all at the same time. And Vaharaya, right, there was no such thing as the Talmud. There was no such thing as the Gemara until later on. It says regarding the Pasuk, regarding the, the, the study of Gemara, come and take my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. So we're saying that, that, that these are references to Gemara. Every support of water. What's, up? What's the water? The people who master Agada. People who know how to darshan, people know how to pull people's hearts. Right? Heart, it pulls people. A person can draw water just as you draw water. You can, a person gets their heart drawn. The idea is that it continues to flow and you get their audience and you, get, you gain people's audience by speaking and so on and so forth. So that's a reference to the water. Gibor, the heroes of Alishmos, people who know tradition, meaning he have halacha that's passed down. It's like he has the strength to remember and to pass it on. The man of war This is the person who knows at least how to how to fight the war of Torah, right? So in other words, he may not necessarily know himself halacha tradition, but he can he has he's very smart and, and, and he has a good mind, and with his mind he's able to arrive at the correct at the correct conclusion. Shoifet, the judge that Dayan Shadan didn't This is a judge who makes judgment that's absolutely true. Navi oh, the prophet is Kamashmaash gonna take away Navua. And this is the proof it's not all happening at the same time because we know that Navua was not taken away until the beginning of the second base of Mikdash. So that definitely didn't happen uh, immediately here with this with this Navua. Kosim Zamalach, the one who knows the the Kosim Ksamin, like in the Torah usually is used like divination, like one of the things you shouldn't do, but here it refers to a king. Shemar Kasamas of Zamalach says that the king on the lips of his of, of his lips. He's got this divination. The person who's rightly yeshiva, meaning he belongs in somebody, you uh, you know, in the basin or something like that. Sar Chamishim, a captain of fifty. Altakre Sar Chamishim. Don't read it that he's in charge of fifty people. Ela Sar Chumashim. It means he's in charge of the Chumashim. What does that mean? In charge of the Chumashim? He knows how to properly discuss the Chamishu Chum Torah. So it's interesting because back before we had that the first one, that the, the first support that Hashem is going to take away are the people who know Pesukim. And now we see the people who are masters over, over the Chumashim. So maybe it's different levels here um, within the knowledge of Torah. What does it mean a captain of 50 people? should be understood with that which Rabbi taught. The Metorgamon, remember, is the person who helps the, helps the shear. Usually the Tamachacham would say it softly and he would whisper it to the Metorgamon. The Metorgamon then would be like the human uh, loudspeaker. And he would translate it into, into the common language that people were able to understand and he would say it very, very loudly. So it shouldn't be done um, if, he, if he's less than 50 years old. 50 years old is that it should be, you know, that's how, that's how uh, mature the person should be. The idea is that he should have much experience in understanding the Rebbe before he's saying over his Torah as the Metorgamon. So therefore, it should be Sar Hamishim, the, the captain of 50, meaning he has 50 years under his belt before he is explaining the Torah. the respected person, somebody who, um, because of him, Hashem, Hashem, Hashem does good things up in Shemai, meaning in the schluss of this person, Hashem will have compassion or something like that. So, like it means in the Panim, he's respected, respected up in Shemai. Who is such a person? What do we know about him? We learned from Misachas Tainis. You might remember he was like a miracle worker and he, he, he was very poor. But, but the Basco always says that it was in his chus that the world merited to be sustained. So he was very poor, but the world you know, was being supported through him. 
So that's like the idea that he was respected up in Shemaim Lamata. The respected person also can be someone who has who's respected down here, called Rabbo Bekeser, Rabbo at the palace of the Caesar. So the idea is that when he would go, everybody would stand up and everybody would respect him. Uh, so that's maybe a little, a little bit of a lower level, but it's also respect. Yoetz, what's the advice? The advice means someone who knows all the calculations of the Ibar Hashanah, right? How to make a leap year, so on and so forth. And again, we don't really have that today. We just rely all on the fixed calendar. You know, we don't, we don't have all this stuff. And someone who knows how to make the months, right? With uh, exactly with the cycle of the moon. Chachab, who is the scholar? Talmud, Hamachmas, Rabbos. This refers to a student, but the, the student who makes who makes his rebbe wiser, right? Because that's the idea. He has good penetrating questions and insights in his question that evokes a good depth in the Torah that his rebbe is teaching. Harashim. And he's a scholar of scholars. He begins talking about the Torah and everybody comes deaf. Right? The point is that when somebody opens, this guy opens his mouth, everybody else wants to listen. And someone who comprehends them, even he's able to be maven. Maven means to understand one thing from another thing. He doesn't have to hear every piece of Torah. From hearing one thing, he's able to apply it well to something else. Lachash whispers that means someone is befitting. To him you can give Torah. Torah was given down in a whisper. What does it mean that it was given... Uh, down in a whisper, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard concept a little bit that there's this 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 whispers of Torah. So I think it means that you know we spoke about certain things, parts of Torah which aren't necessarily meant to be spread. Like we're speaking about yesterday, like Maizmar Kava and things like that. If a person is a higher character or whatever, you can teach it to him. So maybe that's what it's referring to. Nasati Na'arim Sarem. I'm going to make the the young people are going to be in charge. So what does that mean here? My Nasati Na'arim Sarem. What does it mean? I'm going to make the youngsters the leaders. I'm Rabbi Lazar. Elbeni Adam Sheminu Arim Menamitzos. These are people who are empty for mitzvahs. So, so, so Na'ar. Na'ar has like a double connotation. It could mean young, but we're saying minu'ar means empty, right? Void. It could be that's why they're related. The youth are empty of experience, right? They're, they're empty. They're just starting out. But the point is that, that the people in charge are not going to be necessarily righteous people. The cynical people are ruling over them. The foxes were the sons of foxes, meaning not they're, they're, they're wicked, but they're very smart. They're clever. You know, they're like... Um, they're they're uh, they're manipulative people. They're able to feel uh, to fake society. I saw the Meiri says a very scary thing. The Meiri says that that this this reference he says he says this is like a person. I don't mean to say any more. I don't want to need to call him out on it. But he says he says these are like people who 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 are wicked on the inside, but are where their tzitzis for everyone to display on the outside. You know, it's like uh, that's the concept. How it's the young pushing and then you know displaying themselves like they're 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 actually very righteous, when in fact they're not. So these are all the, the curses that we're having here from the Pasuk and Yeshai about all these sad things that are going to befall the Jewish people. But eventually what it was, when Uzkara died, what really satisfied him? And he told him, that, that the youngster is going to rule over the older person. That the people here who are empty of, of, of mitzvahs are going to be ruling over the people full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate, who are full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. So that's the saddest thing, that the people who have all the mitzvahs are going to be controlled by these people faking it. The people who are neglect are going to be ruling over the respected people. A person that grave sins are like light sins, meaning a person who does every sin in the book. You know, he treats the severe sin like it's just a light sin. He's going to have control over someone whose light sins appear to him like a chamar sin. So like that's the extent of how bad it's going to be. And it's just, again, a description of how 
um, the wrong people are going to be in charge. All right, so we just said how all these great people are going to be moving from Shalim, which is at 18 categories, right, of people who are respected and, and, and all the good people who are going to move from Yushalayim. So finally, Amar Av Ketina, even when Yushalayim goes down, honesty, people who tell the truth, that's still going to be there. People will tell the truth. It says here in the Pasuk in Yishai, so we're going to be darshaning the Pasuk. But the basic thing is that... Um, Eventually, the people of Yerushalayim are going to be discussing themselves while Yerushalayim is falling. So it says, A person will grab hold of the brother of his house of his father. is going to say, You should be a garment. You should be a chief for us. So first, we're going to explain here, what's this garment? What, what was one person saying to the other saying? He's saying, Matters of Torah here. People cover, the people usually cover up with the garment. They should be, uh, you should be an expert in them. So basically, we're talking about that the people of Yerushalayim aren't going to learn Torah enough, and there's not going to be enough people who know the answers to Torah. And uh, the people who should have known the answers to Torah hide from the questions because they don't want people to know their ignorance. And when finally some, somebody comes to them, he says, he holds them and he says, tell me the answer in Torah. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that... Um, one brother is grabbing his other brother and he's saying you should be a garment, meaning teach me the Torah which is normally under your garment. Hamachshei lahazos, the stumbling block, you should know. What does it mean, hamachshei lahazos? Torah. Torah is something that people don't grasp unless you stumble over it. That's a big yisoy. Torah, in order to master it, you have to make a mistake first. So the matters of stumbling blocks, meaning Torah, they should be found in your possession. So basically, one brother is clinging to his brother and he's saying, please teach me Torah, I need to know something. But what's going to happen? He's going to rise and he's going to say that day, I can't be a ruler. In my house, I don't have bread, I don't have a garment. Do not make me a chief. Basically, the guy's going to say, I'm really sorry, I don't know it. I'm ignorant, I can't respond to you. Yisa is going to raise up in Yisrael Shavuah. Yisa means the connotation of that he's going to swear. Do not take Lo the name of Hashem in vain. Lo Yechovesh, I can't be a ruler. Lo Yechovesh, I can't be the people who are Chovesh, who are like, you know, like quarantined, like locked up in the base of but like locked up in a positive sense. Like I'm not a Chovesh, like I'm not someone who's locked up in the base measures. I haven't been learning. In my house, there's no bread and there's no garbage. In the other, I don't have any of the things you need. Mikra, Mishnah, Gemara, I don't have any of this. So I'm not qualified to be a leader. So bottom line is, what do we see from here? That people, that people are honest. Right? The time of Yushalayim's downfall, when people think that they're scholars, they're going to say, teach me Torah, the guy's going to respond, actually, I don't know much. So we see, like Rav Kitina said, that Lamaisa, even at the time of Yushalayim's downfall, people will tell the truth. Honesty will be there. So the Gemara questions whether that's a good proof that people are really honest. Still Mashani also, maybe it's different there. The Amrul Gamirna, because if the guy goes through and he, with his lie and he claims to be learned, so then he'd be challenged. Say, okay, so teach us the shir. They're going to give him the mic and to give him the platform to teach the shir. He's not going to know what to say and he'll look bad. So that's not a proof that a person is honest. A person obviously will tell the truth and not to be caught in his lies. We need a proof that they're telling the truth from their own volition. Here, the person is saying, teach me Torah. That's not a proof if he responds that he doesn't know. So the Gemara says, no, he could have gotten out of it. He could have said, I once learned, just now I forgot. What does he mean? I've never been in the base medish. He's saying I was never there. Right? He's implying that I was never knowledgeable. So why did he have to say in such an honesty, honest way? That's a proof that the people themselves still had integrity. Fine. So now we accept Rav Katina's point that, that people were honest at the time of the base of Middash being destroyed. Rav said to the contrary, that when the time of Yushalayim was destroyed, people of truth were gone. See and know, go see in the streets. In Tim Suish, can you find a person? If you can find anyone who is justice and tells the truth, then I'll forgive you, Rishalayim, the Navi says. 
So the Pasuk is saying that everybody was not telling the truth, and that's why Yishlam was being destroyed. Mamash gets what we're saying. So the Gemara answers, Lokash, on top of the base. Hav, the Torah, of Ketina was saying with the words of Torah. With the words of Torah, they told the truth that they didn't know the Torah. Hav, Masum, Matan, Rav was talking about business. But the Torah, regarding Torah, people, you know, even though they, they pretended to make Chachamim, but eventually they told the truth that they were not. With business, they were not honest. So they were not honest, and that was, part, again, contributed to part of the reason why Yerushalayim was destroyed. Okay, so now we conclude with that discussion, the 18 curses, the downfall of Yerushalayim, whether or not people will be truthful or not. And now we get back to the Maizar Makava business. So it's again, super stuff, stuff that is really beyond us. But we're going to be learning about different personalities, different characters who kind of attempted at certain points to studying Maizar Makava. So Tanara Banan. He's riding on a donkey and he's going on the road. is walking here behind him. He's trying to, you know, be Mishamishim, trying to study Torah from him. And the point is, he's Mahamer, he's guiding the donkey from behind. So Amalor Ablazamanazari said to Rabbi Yochanazaka, Rebbe, Shelly Perak of Maisa Merkava, please teach me a chapter of Maisa Merkava. Amalor Yochanazaka said, Look, actually, I can't, I already taught you, but Maisa Merkava be often. What do we say in the Mishnah? You're not allowed to teach a Maisa Merkava to one student. Unless the student was someone who could understand it himself. Ablazamanarach at that time was not, had not yet reached, reached, that, uh, reached that level. So, in other words, Rabbi Yochaman Zakkai is echoing the thought of our Mishnah, which is interesting, he lives before the Mishnah, but he's echoing the same thought as our Mishnah, that you can only teach Maizim Rakhavah to someone old enough who can understand it themselves. Rabbi Lazar ben at this time was still young, he had not yet reached that level, so he, therefore he was pushed away. So, Rabbi Lord, Rabbi Lazar said, Rabbi, please permit me to say one thing that you have already taught me. In other words, basically it seems that, that Rabbi Yochaman Zakkai had given him some, like, I don't know, Maybe some insight. One thing from a Maisa Markava. So he had already given him one thing. So he's saying, permit me to say that one thing. So Amalah Amar, Rehokon Mazaka said, say, Miyad Yared, Rehokon Mazaka, Hamar, Rehokon Mazaka got down from the donkey. He wrapped himself in a garment and he sits under the Zayas. He sits under an olive tree. Why? In the light of Torah. Olives. Amalah, he said, Rehokon Mazaka, why did you get off the donkey? Why can't we discuss this casually? You know, I'm, 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 in the middle of the donkey ride, why do we have to get down from the donkey to discuss the Maizah Merkava? So Amr Yochum and Zakah said, Esher Adel Darsh Maizah Merkava, you're going to say something on the Maizah Merkava, Shkini Manu, that means the Shkini is with us. It means that the angels are going to be accompanying us. I can do this in a casual sense, riding on a donkey, clearly that's inappropriate. That's why I got down, that's why I got down from the donkey. Yad, Pasar Kulazim and Rakh Maizah Merkava, Darsh. Immediately, Rakh and Rakh started Darsh. A fire came down. It surrounded all the fields, right? It singed all the, it set all the trees around them on fire. All the trees began to sing. What did they say? All the sea giants, all the watery depths. That's one of the things we say in the Halukas. All the trees and all the things on earth praise Hashem. Halukas. An angel spoke from the fire. He said, "Hein, This is certainly part of the Maizah Markava, and uh, pretty, pretty amazing here. This one small gem, right? Rabbi Lazar Rachman wanted more. He wanted Rabbi Yochanan Zaka to teach him more. Rabbi Yochanan Zaka said, "No." Rabbi Lazar Rachman saying, "But let me say the one thing that I know from you." Now, it's not only from this one statement. You know, it's, it, all this is happening, and uh, the angel is saying this is part of the Maizah Markava. Amar Rabbi Zaka stood up. He kisses Rabbi Lazar Rachman's head. Blessed is Hashem who gave a son to the son of Avram Avinu, a son who knows how to comprehend and understand the Maizim Rakhav. And the reason why Rabbi Lazim Arach was so blessed is because Yishnah Avadarsh, we know him the kind. There are those who know how to darshan it well, 
they know, you know, the great, and when, when we talk about the greatness of Dasha Maisvokov, it means they're able to really understand what Akalish Baruch Hu is. But still, they don't practice it well, meaning they understand intellectually, and maybe even have the right emotions, but they don't fulfill it in their, in their life. Eat, but no, they're those who practice their, their Yiddishkeit really well, but they, they, they know Avadarsh. They actually don't have such a great grasp of the Maisvokov, Markava, of understanding Hashem. But Ata no Doish, no Doish, Ata no you're both. You have everything. It's pretty amazing. You have the, the mastery in your heart and the mastery in practice. Ashrech Avram Vino, Avram Vino, how fortunate are you, Avram Vino, how beautiful is it that Rabbi Lazar came out from you? Literally, Chalatzacha is like your loins. It came from you. Eventually, when it was told in front of Rabbi Yeshua, so this is like the, you know, the next generation of Rabbi Yeshua, um, it was also a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan and Zaka. So, so he now became older. What's happened that he and Rabbi Yosei were walking along uh, the path. So they were alone. So what happened? Amru, they, they were all both Talmudim Rabbi Yochanan and Zaka. So they said to one another, Alright, let's continue. We just saw with Rabbi Yochanan and Zaka and Rabbi Yosei Yochanan so let's continue and let's, let's discuss Mines and Markava. Pasach Rabbi Yeshua Vadarsh. Rabbi Yeshua started Darshan. It was Tekufas Tamas. You know, usually there's no clouds in the middle of the summer in the Middle East. It never rains. When the skies were in Bavel and the air came in Kashas what happened was suddenly all the skies got thick with clouds and there was some form of a rainbow which, uh, which emerged. It wasn't like a, a, a bad rainbow. We know from the Gemara Subas that the rainbow is bad. But here we're talking about like a, a different type of light, like the light, you know, from the Sukkim and the Maisar Markava speak about. Some say it's, it looked a little bit like a rainbow. And it means that there were angels that were coming to hear the words of Torah. Just like people come to see the, you know, people come and watch around the Chatsam Kala, everybody stands around by the dancing, just like that. Everybody's checking out the scene. So, like, the angels are coming here to partake, to see the scene of the Maitre Markava. After they discuss this, Rabbi Yosef Cohen goes and he said in front of Rabbi Yochum and Zakai what had occurred, how him and Rabbi Yeshua did it, and there was this rainbow, and how the Malchai Asharis came. And Rabbi Yochum and Zakai said, How fortunate are you, and how fortunate are the people who gave birth to you? So let me ask you a question Does that sound familiar to you? So in the Mishnah of Perkayavos, Rabbi Yochum and Zakai was Mona the Shabbach of these people, right? These are the people of Lazar and Arach. Yeah, Rabbi Lazar and Arach is like described in Perkayavos as the Mayan Hamaskaber. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Chanania, Rabbi Yeshua was described as Ashri Oladatam. Praise really is the person who gave birth to you. So he says this here, Ashri Chama Ashri Oladatam, how fortunate are the first people who gave birth to you. Ashri Eina Shikachro, how fortunate are my eyes that have seen such things. In my dream, all of us, we were sitting at our Sinai by Matan Tarv, and Alina Basko and if Basko came from heaven saying, Alulakan, Alulakan, come up here, come up here. There are large halls and elegant couches of sorts that are prepared for you. All of you are invited to the third uh, division, because there are three divisions among the people who learn the Torah. It seems that uh, the third division are the people who, are, who know how to learn Maiz and Markava. So they all sit in front of the Shekhinah, and the third division is like the highest one, those who are able to, ma- to master the Maiz and Markava. And what's happening is that Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai and his students are being invited into this highest, third, most inner circle with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's why they were, uh, that the Basco was coming to say. All right, so bottom line is, we got a detail in the story. We originally had a story with Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai and Rabbi Lazar with the Maiz and Markava, and then we had a story with Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yosef Cohen 
who were discussing the Maizah Merkava. And both of these, it was successful stories, meaning good, there was a good positive outcome. Nothing dangerous happened. It was all good. They were able to study and good things happened. So, Frank the Gemara, question on the facts here. Eni, is this true? The Rebbe Lazim and Arach said in front of Rebbe Yochum and Zakkai, the Maizah Merkava, by the time he says in Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yudah, Rebbe Yudah says, there were three times in history where the Maizah Merkava was really taught. In other words, usually Maizah Merkava doesn't really happen or it didn't happen properly or people were punished. But there were three times where it all went well. What happened? Rebbe Yeshua here says, Rebbe Yochum and Zakkai, Rebbe Yeshua once Darsh in front of Yochum and Zakkai. Rebbe Akiva, here's the name of Rebbe Yeshua. Rebbe Akiva Darsh in front of Rebbe Yeshua. He was a Talmud of Rebbe Yeshua. Chananya ben Chachinai, Here's the Vnir Bikiva and Rachnaim and Khachinai Dajin in front of Bikiva. The Bryce doesn't mention Rablazman Arach. It must be that he was never successful in Dashing Maizam Rakava. So we have a question on the detail of the previous prize. So the previous prize saw uh, we were saying that Rablazman Arach, Dash in front of Yochum and Zakai. But here in the second prize on the testimony of Rabbi Yusuf, Rabbi Yehuda, he has the three his uh, the three times it was Darshin. We have Rabbi Shuan from Yochum and Zakai, Rabbi Kiva from Yeshua, Rabbi Khanani in front of Rabbi Akiva, but we don't have our Blazim and Arach Darshani. So what's going on? So the Gemara answers that they're not necessarily listed. The people only list people who discuss in front of other people, and then other people discuss in front of them. So there was a double. They dashed in front of other people, and then eventually someone dashed into them as well. But the Arti below Arti Kamei Lokachasher. Someone like Rabbi Zvi who only discussed it in front of other people, he dashed in the Biyochum but no one ever dashed into him. So the Brisa was not counting them. But that's not true because the last person to be counted in the Brisa, he dashed in front of Rabbi Kiva. He's someone that then no one dashed in front of him. He just dashed in front of Rabbi Kiva. No one dashed into him, and still, it still, it still counted it. So if it counted, if it counted Chananim and Chachinai, then it also should have counted Rabbi Lozim and So the Gemara answers no. The Arti Mia Kamei Man the Arti Chananim and Chachinai dashed in front of someone who had dashed in front of somebody else. Chananim and Chachinai dashed in front of Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Akiva was someone who discussed in front of Rabbi Yeshua and in front of Chananim and Chachinai dashed. Whereas Rabbi Lozim and Arach was not someone that other people ever discussed, um, ever discussed with him. And he didn't darshan with somebody who ever did darshan with other people. Just there was one story, Rabbi Lazarus Arach darshan to Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. So therefore he doesn't have to be mentioned. Whereas Rachanan Machachinai, he darshan in front of Rabbi Kiva, he darshan in front of other people. So therefore we do mention him. Bottom line is there are technical rules to get into the special category of those who darshan in these three, but it doesn't mean it never happened. Otherwise, it could be that there was Rabbi Lazarus Arach who darshan in front of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, but since no one ever darshan to him, and Rabbi Lazarus and Rabbi Or to Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai never darshan to others, to other people, therefore, his story was not mentioned. Okay, the next Gemara is obviously something, it's a famous Gemara, things that are so, so beyond us, but it seems that the, these are something that happened from the, those who, who were delving again into the mystics, understanding these Maisa Markava, and they were able to attain such a high uh, spiritual level through their studies that there was actually a harmful um, outcome. So the Gemara says, There were those who got into the Paradis, the orchard with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever that is, um, through their levels of their studies in, in Maisa Markava. These are the following four people. Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, Acher, Acher, the other person. This is Alusha uh, Ben Avuya, who is a Tana. He's always referred to as the outer person. We're going to see uh, exactly what, what, what occurred to him. Um, and... and but basically, at the end of the day, um, he's someone who's went off. So he's called Acher and Rabbi Akiva. So Amalai and Rabbi Akiva, as they were going on, Rabbi Akiva gave them a strong warning. A warning. He said as follows, You're going to get near these pure marble stones. And basically, the, these stones are built into the, to the chambers here with the Shechina. And Rashi says that they look, Mom, is so transparent, they're going to think that they might be water. 
and it might be beautiful water. So when you get to there, don't say there's water here. Don't say that. In other words, it's going to seem like there's water and you're going to think that there's water. And you might think not to go further because there's water, whatever exactly that means, but don't be fooled. No, it's not water. It says that the, there's no deceit and there's a, the, the speaker of lies cannot be uh, here in my house, the Pasuk Tehillim says. So basically, when a person uh, gets to a person who thinks something is water and he, he can be severely punished um, when he thinks that the stones are really the water, he's confusing the metaphor here with the reality. And again, what exactly is going on here is something that's way beyond us. But there's some sort of thing as confusing a metaphor with reality, thinking that the stone is really water. And there's some mistake that can be made in the study, whatever exactly it is. Sorry, I can't give you the full depth. Definitely don't have much of an inkling here in what the Gemara is talking about. But Rabbi Akiva gave them this warning then not to make that mistake, to, to think that it's really, to think that it's really the water when it's not. So Ben Aza, what happened? Ben Aza hates its vimeis. He he did. He 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 looked towards the Shechina, meaning he 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 became so into this experience with the Markava that he looked at the clear light. Somehow, it, it, he died. He died from that. Um, it doesn't necessarily seem that he sinned, but it seemed maybe per, perhaps Ben Aza, in a spiritual sense, it was like you know his soul just couldn't be in his body anymore. Ben Azai was the celibate person. Ben Azai, in general, was described in the Mefarshim here is that he was a person, you know, he never married Ben Azai. He says in Ashi Chashka Ben Azai was someone who, uh, who was on such a high level where his body and soul were loosely connected to begin with that when he has this experience in the party, so looking at the light, his soul immediately leaves. It's difficult in the eyes of Hashem when his, when his highest people die. So there's a, he's a high, high person and he didn't have the fulfilled potential, but uh, there was still more for him to do. But his soul left, but because it's looked at the uh, at the presence of Hashem. Ben Zoma hates its Vinifka. He looked, and he actually was Nifka, meaning his mind, um, it was like something got messed up. Uh, he became disturbed. He wasn't able to comprehend it as well. And he was Nifka from looking at it. So when you find the honey, eat which is enough for you, but you don't want to eat too much because you're going to throw it up. So in other words, he, he, he wasn't able to handle fully what he saw and there was something that happened to his mind. What happened to Acher is that he chopped down, there were some trees. So in other words, he mamish, like he, he did damage to the paradise. And there was, there was something where he... He went off. There was some sort of destructive behavior there, and then from then on, it was never the same. He was he was uh, not connected as much anymore. Whereas Rabbi Akiva Yatsev Shalom, Rabbi Akiva came out in Shalom. So here, the Gemara is just gonna well, we'll stop here actually because then we're gonna it's just gonna be a tremendous tangent. We're gonna get to with Benzoma and his studies tomorrow. We'll we'll start them. But where we're gonna stop today is that there was this story. These four enters the Pardes through their studies of Meitzer Markava, and uh, different things happened to them in their experiences.